Thursday. Another Thursday. That means there is uh there's picks to be made. We were just talking offline, but uh what were your quick thoughts on which which HBO special did you like the best between our two Pac-12 teams? Jesus they- Christ, dude. I'm a fucking alumni of Washington State, so <laughs> fuck. I mean clearly there's a little more memory lane and seeing like how much better the fucking facilities are now that yeah. I'm not there in school and, you know, to the point where they got the fucking chef on and he's talking about what he cooks up and long fucking from the days of Param Hall and that fucking. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. In fact, I'm not even sure. Uh, uh, Param Hall. I'm not, have you been there since it's been completely remodeled? Of course not. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. <clears throat> it's been a while. Well, a lot, of, shit, the a lot of shit's remodeled and changed, buddy. <laughs> it is true. It's true. It's true. We're getting old. We're getting old. Welcome to the HFB podcast. Week nine. God, what is this? Podcast 12, I think. Uh, week nine, pack 12 picks. <clears throat> uh, what is your... What is the one game you are let's let's start with this. What is the one game you are most looking forward to watching this weekend? Washington State, Oregon. Yeah. I've already got money on it. I laid the four or I uh, took the fourteen with the Cougs. Uh not a huge stake, just enough to keep me interested. Yep. Uh but I I just finally pulled the trigger on it. So Yep. You know. You can probably call it a homer play in some ways, but I'm not invested enough that if it doesn't hit, it's going to fucking wreck the rest Ruin of my Saturday, right, Saturday right, night. Right, right, right. Make me go to bed pissed off, but um, I like their chances. So, and clearly it's the most interesting game on the slate when you look across the board of really, for lack of a better word, it's a lot of hot shit that we're, that's, that's up on, up on the uh, schedule for, for this weekend. So. Yeah, I would agree. So let's let's hop into the uh, let's let's hop right into that Oregon Washington State game. Uh, Washington State comes in with a they they beat Colorado pretty handily in pretty bad conditions uh, last Saturday in Pullman. Uh, Oregon comes out with uh, a really good win in Seattle. Uh, probably the best. Uh, USC Utah was a really good game as well for the conference, uh, but this was a fantastic game for the conference on ABC. Uh, tons of viewers and uh, comes comes away uh, having been 14 down in the second half to win that game. Uh, as as we've mentioned before, WSU was a four game winning streak against Oregon, uh, and there's and there's kind of like some good and bad in that winning streak. Uh, one, they have. WSU has covered this game 
since 2009, I believe it is. So for the last 10 years, they have covered it's Plain eight. Oregon. Is it eight, 2008? So even no, more. It's, it's, it's eight straight years. Eight straight years that they've covered. Okay. <clears throat> so they have played, they have played Oregon really well. Now, mind you, those first two or three years, uh, the first three years, Oregon was by far the better team. Those were still the Chip Kelly years and that kind of stuff. And WSU was really more of an afterthought. And WSU just played hard and would somehow cover, but would still get blown out at the end of the day. Uh, Then we went through a phase of there were close games, but WSU didn't have enough talent, and Oregon did, uh, but the games got closer. Uh, And then the roles reversed, and Oregon went through the health-rich years – where they just weren't a good football team uh, and, and their talent had been depleted and, and, uh, and WSU has beaten up on them. And WSU has also been very fortunate on playing some backup quarterbacks and things like that. So uh, they did play Herbert last year. Um, got They've also big... played against four different head coaches from Oregon. Yes. That time. Yep. 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 So, yep. So they yep. played, they played Herbert last year, uh, but they got out, I think, what was it? you know, 21, 24 0 lead and then had to hold, hold on for dear life at the very end, uh, but did get the win. So this is going to be by far the best Oregon team that they have played and that span of the four year. Uh, and it'll also be an awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a long winded intro there. Yeah, it sure is. It's just, uh, it's, it's the one game that I know the best. So might as well, might as well blurt out all the, all the knowledge that I, that I have on it. Um, I, I, I think, I think the key on this one is just going to be the, well, there's it's two and it's all on the WSU side because Oregon's a really good team and they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. Can the WSU defense force a turnover? For me, the game, it's, it's a pretty simple handicap. Um, and I, <laughs> I think that, you know, one of two things is going to happen uh in this game and it's it's either going to be a situation where um washington state is in the game all the way to the end and has a chance to win in fact um i'd even like i'd take a small flyer on a money line on them just because with the spread sitting at 14 you're going to get tremendously good odds and pretty healthy number yeah if the game so for me, you know, I don't have access to that. So obviously early in the game, depending on what I see with my eyes, uh, if there is an opportunity to maybe jump in at huge money line odds, I might, I might, you know, throw something in there, but, um, you know, but to me, it's going to go one of two ways and either they're going to hang around, as I mentioned, and have an opportunity to, uh, win the game outright which obviously makes the spread never in question or it's, it's a repeat similar to what, uh, against Utah, it happened in Salt Lake. So, mm-hmm. cause I think the Oregon defense is very much on par with Utah's defense. Um, yep. I think you could make a case that their offense is, I mean, better, especially at the quarterback position. Um, I don't think they've had to really, quote unquote, open up a playbook, uh, yet this year. Um, so, you know, I would like to see, you know, 
Washington State be in a position to make Oregon have to play left-handed, so to speak, or play from behind. Um, right. And get a real true read on how good Justin Herbert is. But, you know, I, I think that there's um, – I think there's a chance that, that this game is competitive for a good stretch. Now, my concern in, in backing, you know, would be backing the Cougs would be, um, you know – struggling to move the ball on offense, long drives on defense, which ultimately lead to the defense being on the field too much. And that's a recipe for disaster for this team because they have no depth Um, on that side of the ball. And, you know, Oregon still likes to – Oregon likes to – you know, they like to to run the football. They like to, you know, set everything up from that. And that's clearly a weakness of of the Washington State defense. And, um, you know, can they make enough plays to get off the field? And then ultimately, can, you know, can Anthony Gordon, you know, with, with as much freedom and responsibility that the quarterback position has under Mike Leach, can he see the defense? Can he make the proper checks and reads to um, – keep the offense moving because, you know, Oregon flies to the ball. I mean, they're, they're gonna, you know, I'm sure they're going to watch film of every game that Washington state has played thus far. And, and again, you know, can we, uh, you know, kind of been the, the bugaboo for, for Leach is, you know, getting a quarterback that can see eight guys at the line of scrimmage and figure out who's dropping, who's not, and what the play and what the proper check is and, move the ball because that's really the game in it for me. Um, you know, the nice thing too is with an offense like Washington State's from a point spread perspective, if it does get to be a 17, 20 point game, something like that, back doors and always be open. I mean, Leach is going to go for it on fourth right. down all the time. I mean, right. he's so unconventional, <clears throat> which, which can work in, you know, it can work both ways. And since Mike Leach has been the head coach, I know from a, from a betting perspective, I mean, they've almost been like an auto play on team when they're when they're underdogs. Um, right. You know, just because you you understand, um, you know, what you're getting with that offense. And so, you know, I, I like the matchup. I also think in some ways the, the other factor for me that really, you know, that got me to lay, you know, to to go take these points early is I do think it's a terrible situational spot for Oregon coming off the, the big win in Seattle, USC on deck next week in Los Angeles. Yep. yep. Um, you know, it's human nature. So, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, if Oregon wins and covers this this week, I'm probably fading them next week. Cause I mean, that, now you're talking three consecutive weeks. Right. Of uh, really tough emotional games. And now there's a bit of weight on them too, because they in essence have locked up the Pac-12 North. Yeah. And it's really and they're trying to make that conversation to sneak into the um, sneak into the, the conference uh, or to, to the BCS playoff, uh, which a quick question. I for think you. the BCS went away like seven years ago. But yeah. <laughs> BCS. Yeah. OK. OK. Here we go. There uh, we go. What were you going to say? Just that they're they're trying to get into the playoff. Yeah, and I well, we talked about it offline. I think on Monday, 
Monday or Tuesday that I, I think a lot of dominoes have to fall. You know, is it a concern Korea. that Georgia has a bad loss against South Carolina? No, because I think there's right Yeah, I mean, it's SEC bias. And, and ultimately for Georgia, you know, theoretically, like we talked about this, like Utah needs to win out, Oregon needs to win out. Because you need to have a top 10 matchup in the Pac-12 championship. You know, when all the committee's eyes are on that game and what – what Georgia has in front of them, obviously, if they went out, they're going to beat a Florida, you know, they're going to play a Florida team. I think it's next week um, who is, is, you know, is a top 15 uh, ranked squad at the moment. Obviously, if they, if they get to the championship, they're playing in LSU or in Alabama, I'm assuming, unless Auburn goes and shocks the world this weekend and, and then wins in Tuscaloosa later. But either way, they're playing a top 10 foe, top five foe, uh, foe, um, yeah in an SEC championship. So they, they've got more opportunities on the schedule. And, and then it just goes back to narrative and what is perceived of the PAC 12 currently versus, you know, um, versus the SEC, you know, and, and then, you know, I, but I, you know, like we talked about, I think that, well, I would put the big 12 currently ahead um, of the PAC 12, but I think it's closer from a, you know, from a competitive balance and the, the better teams uh, to the Pac-12 and then what maybe is perceived. But I think the Pac-12 is better than the ACC right now. I think the Big Ten is clearly uh, above all three of those conferences and it's probably sits firmly at number two. But, you know, it does, you know, it does bring up a question. If, if Clemson has a loss, if, if Oklahoma takes a loss, and even if, you know, somehow Ohio State takes a loss, if you've got a bunch of one-loss teams in there and you start looking at, you know, What's what's going to be the criteria, I guess, is what it's going to boil down to. Because, you know, I don't know what Auburn's record is at the end of the year. But but I do think, and I heard Kirk Herbstreet say this, and I actually do agree with this um, the other night, is if you have a scenario with a bunch of one-loss teams and Oregon is the team that's left out, for example, all you're doing as a committee is sending the message to ADs and coaches, don't go schedule big-time non-conference games. Right. Because you're you're penalizing. Right. Like go schedule a Weber State or go schedule a Northern Arizona and play those teams and win by seventy. Because you're you're penalizing the ducks for going on the road to a you know, I'm using air quotes, neutral site game, um, to to play Auburn week one. Right. You know, which is and versus you'd be looking at a Clemson team, it's if Clemson takes a loss, it's only a bad loss from here on out. And that includes an ACC championship yeah. game. Yeah. Um, if, if Oklahoma takes a loss, it's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if, you know, I mean, they still have Baylor on the schedule and Baylor seems to be surprising. If Ohio State loses, I mean, they have Wisconsin this week. They have Michigan. Um, I think, do they play Penn State? I, yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're really penalizing someone for, you know, you're just sending the wrong message. Yeah. And going away from what fans want to see, which is, I mean, you want to watch week one. You want to watch Oregon play a school like Auburn. You don't want to watch Oregon play Weber State. I mean, you know, and if we're going to change the narrative um, or get everyone to buy in and, and have more of those types of games early in the year, um, and I think they should be home and homes personally. Well, I mean, I would much rather see Oregon go down to Jordan-Hare play once and have right. you know, and, and, and have an SEC, and play Yeah, and have an SEC team go on the West Coast. I mean, that's where it's frustrating when – Oklahoma goes to UCLA because you don't see those bigger teams from the Midwest moving east. 
make it to the West Coast. And so it's frustrating when you see a team like that and then it's UCLA and UCLA is just so down uh, well, that, that we don't show well. Right. And and you can like and you bring up Oklahoma, like look at Oklahoma's schedule right now. And you can honestly argue. So they play in Manhattan. They play Kansas State this weekend. This is really their first road game. Like what I would call a true road game of the year because they you Kansas. have the okay, yeah, you're playing at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know what that atmosphere right. is. They went to UCLA where they outnumbered the fans hundred to one. Right. Right. And then and then they played a quote unquote, you know, they play the you know the, the, the Red the, River the Texas Fair, yeah. which is a fifty fifty split. Mm-hmm. So you haven't seen them play really mm-hmm. on a home field in what could be somewhat of a challenging environment, um, you know, until this weekend. Alabama, same way. Alabama hasn't played a road non-conference game. I mean, shit, since probably Nick Saban was there. I mean, I can't remember um, where Alabama's gone. I mean, so it's just, you know, it is what it is. But uh, it's a total soapbox. It's getting us off off of a topic. But, it, yeah, I, I'll i be curious. I mean, I'm cheering for chaos personally because I, I, I want the committee's job to be absolutely – because I, I want it to expand. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want there to be so much, you know, dispute and, and argument over Team X and Team Y um, that ultimately it helps push that narrative forward and gets us to a, a six or an 18 playoff sooner than later. But we'll see. Because typically, you know, these teams are all undefeated. Typically, they don't all win out. I mean, no. there was a little bit of a rare case last year because you had, what, three undefeated, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Bama, Clemson, Notre <clears throat> Dame that it all. Managed to finish the season unscathed. The um, the way that you're going to have chaos is because the year in year out you just don't have that many teams that that go undefeated. The way you have chaos is the year that everybody has a loss, and then right. and, and and then you're having to choose between <laughs> you know which loss is better, and then you start talking about conferences and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and and it, sure. and it may happen this year because there's there's a lot of good teams, but. But obviously, this is the time, this time of year, because is it this weekend or is it next weekend where we have the first rankings? It's November 5th. Is it? Okay. Uh, it's a Tuesday. So they've got two more weeks. It's, two it's, more, it's two like more three. It's, you know, it's the week of the Alabama LSU game. Right. So what we have. Yeah. So we got two weekends left. Yeah. Um, getting back to this week's games, you know, the, the Washington state Oregon games, an intriguing one. I think it'll be fun to watch it. it sh- my guess it'll be, it'll be good theater for the PAC 12 after dark. Um, there's really not much else to, <laughs> there's a lot of stinker games this week, uh, to be honest, the, there's a couple games that you just don't even want to touch. Um, USC at Colorado, Colorado has gotten completely blown out by both the Oregon Ducks and WSU back-to-back road trips, um, the past two weeks and really looks like a team that is, that's just lost. Uh, they're beat up, um, and, uh, USC really took care of business and, and USC is, even though they're four and three is a far better team than, than what that record indicates, um, everything just I test says that USC should win this game by 28 points. The only thing that gives me hesitation is when we were last talking on the, the recap podcast, you had mentioned that at some point Colorado's going to Colorado's going to circle the wagons one more time 
and, and have a play out of their minds game. Uh, and is this the one where they do that? Uh, so maybe you wait live, but I, I honestly, I don't, if, if both teams play the way they've been playing 13 and a half is not enough. No, it's not enough. I, um, I just heard recently. Uh, so as you know, I spent a lot of time listening to other podcasts and right. whatnot. And I know that listening to some bookmakers out there that I know the books in general are going to need Colorado in a bad way yep. on Friday night. Cause uh, the money and the bets are all coming in on SC surprising. Like, you know, the line open at 12 and a half, it's sitting at 13 and a half at most places. It hasn't from what I've seen yet crossed kind of that key number of 14. Right. Right. Which I think could potentially trigger some buyback, but I don't know how, I don't know how you can get behind, you know, this buffs team right now with what they put on the field the last two weeks um, against an USC team that, Again, you just you don't know what you're going to get week to week, um, but they did follow up. You know that tough loss in Notre Dame. They followed up with a with a dominant performance against Arizona. That game was over early. Yep. yep. I know they are absolutely they are decimated at running back. I don't even know who the hell is playing running back this week for them. Um, so there's some issues there, but I I think that you know they're, they're for me they're, personally they're first in the South right now, so they've got something very much to for play me, for. Well, but for me personally, like, I don't, like, you want to go back to the narrative of the Pac-12 and some of the dumb scheduling, like these Friday night, why I feel like, for whatever reason, the Pac-12 has put, over the past handful of years, the elite teams in the conference, they put them on the road on Friday nights in, like, shitty right. environments where yeah. it's blown up in the conference's face, yep. and they've kind of cannibalized themselves. So, yep. not that this, you know... Obviously, a USC loss, all it does is is give, you know, Utah brand new life, yep. um, uh, and, and, you know, from from a Pac-12 South perspective. But, you know, I, I, I just for me personally, like I'd wait live um, if, if USC gets off to a sluggish start and you can find a number <laughs> from a live perspective that's much more palatable, um, then maybe you take a stab, you know, and, and really – you know, you just, you can't back, can't back the buffs with where, where they're currently at. And, you know, you just, I can't think that team's in a good place mentally either um, with, you know, I, with what they've done the last couple of weeks. I mean, the, I mean it's the, been... the, the good news for Colorado is, is that preparation on the defensive side should be a little bit easier because this will be now the second air raid team in a row that they'll be facing. And especially because the issues that USC has a quarterback, um, the offices will actually be fairly close uh, as far as what they both do. The bad news is, is that uh, WSU absolutely torched them on uh, <laughs> uh, last weekend and USC, while I think Alex Gordon is a better quarterback uh, than Slovis, uh, USC's wide receivers are better. Um, and well, and then they played Oregon the week prior to that. So right, 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 they've, right. They've, they've been exposed. Yep. I mean, they're so young. Yep. I mean, I, I watched it in the Oregon game. I watched it in the Washington State game. They're having to play such vanilla, a lot of zone. Yep. You know, a lot of zone coverage. There's holes everywhere. Yep. They're not getting home on the quarterback with the front four. So, yep. I mean, I mean, you know, even though it was pouring rain in Pullman, I mean, Alex Gordon's jersey, you know, not that we get dirty on turf, but it was, it was as clean as it was going to be. Yep. 
Um, And I would expect the same thing, you know, and I just think SC's receivers run wild on the secondary, but stranger things have happened on Friday nights in the back 12, but I, you know, I, knowing that the books need it that bad too, I always, you know, sometimes you, it does give me pause personally to like, before I go lay a big number with a road team that quite frankly, in years past has burned me um, when you expect them to go out and take care of business. So um, it's a live play. I'll definitely watch it because it's the only thing on that night. Um, Maybe I'll watch a little bit of world series too, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I I don't expect, you know, I don't expect a lot from, uh, from the boys out of Boulder. Right. I I would agree. Uh, On Saturday, 1230 local kickoff. I don't know how much time you want to spend on this one. Arizona at Stanford. This is one of the stinkier um, games, not only of just of all of college football, but definitely of just the entire season's Pac-12 slate uh, with an Arizona team that uh, after getting embarrassed at USC, now there's questions on who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, and Stanford, are they doing just on-campus tryouts at this point for quarterbacks? Um and and yet Stanford looks so putrid against UCLA on offense, and yet the line is even, which shows you how much disarray Arizona's in. Um, do you have a pulse? Do you want to move on? <laughs> no, I, the only thing I'll say to that is uh, I heard Stanford Steve say on their podcast with the Bear that uh, they are honoring the 1999 uh, Rose Bowl team. Oh, so he'll be in attendance with like I 40 other. Him. Yeah. 40 other members of that uh, squad. So I know he was fired up about it, but he had nothing to say about the game. And if a guy that played there and was an alum has nothing to say, then I don't have anything to say either. There we go. Moving on. Uh, The line that probably makes the least amount of sense. And my tendency is always that if it doesn't make sense, I usually don't play it, which I'm not sure if is a good idea or not, uh, is Arizona State at UCLA, uh, 430 uh, local kickoff on the Pac-12 network. Um, right now, Arizona State is favored by three and a half. Is that still right? Yes, it is. Uh, favored by three and a half. This this line just truly doesn't make sense to me um, because we've seen UCLA's defense, which is not good. Uh, and Arizona State is definitely competent enough on both sides of the ball uh, to be able to should be able to put up a fair amount of points uh, and at the same time stop UCLA enough because they are disciplined on defense. The only thing that gives me hesitation on this game is that I know that teams after they play Utah struggle because Utah hits you in the mouth pretty hard. And that's exactly what happened that past Saturday. So I don't know if there's a little bit of hangover uh, because of that game. But other than that, um, UCLA, the Rose Bowl, gives you no home field advantage. Uh, so I, I truly don't I, – I, I don't understand why this is three and a half. I think it should be more of anywhere between the seven to ten-point range. Yeah, it, 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 it feels short, and that always gives you pause for concern. I, I, I don't have a lot of um, – a lot to add other than <clears> – <throat> It feels like a game that's probably back and forth that probably ASU finds a way to win. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a real big test for uh, that coaching staff at ASU with such a young team, you know, bouncing back from, you know, what was everyone kind of saw it coming. 
in Salt Lake. And to their credit, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse than 21 to three. Um, but if there's ever a recipe for an offense to get back on track, it would be to face UCLA. So right. um, I would expect them to be able to score some points, um, you know, and I think UCLA will move the ball as well. Uh, again, any offenses that I've seen players on the state that are semi-competent um, have seemed to be able to move the ball and have success. So I think UCLA can have some success and move the ball. But the line does kind of stink at three and a half. And, and quite frankly, um, I don't I don't want any piece of that game uh, before kickoff. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, watch it live and then kind of see from there. And, and maybe it'll be live, uh, being that it's on the, the ever popular Pac-12 network. Um, the other game of note, the last one, which will be on FS1 at uh, – it'll actually be an 8 – p.m. local kickoff california at utah uh when i say the name spencer brash does that ring a bell mm, I, I'm, it doesn't so you must be speaking of cal's third string quarterback <laughs> i am true freshman 18 year old third string quarterback the only uh the only experience he has he went two for six for 24 yards and an interception uh, with also two sacks and a fourth quarter debut against Oregon State, uh, where they pulled him in because Monster uh, is um, possibly um, out as well. Um, so uh, they're going to be bringing in a a new quarterback. The this is just such a weird game. The line is twenty one and a half. Um, it it just it goes back to. California has a good defense, but we've seen game in and game out now that because the California offense is so inept with three and outs, turnovers, and things like that, that slowly but surely the Cal, uh, the Cal defense gets worn down, uh, and especially a Cal defensive front line that has very little depth. They're good, but they have very little depth that teams that especially a ground and pound like Utah slowly but surely will, will break them down. Um, and it could get ugly. And that's why you have that line at 21 and a half because of California's defense being so good. I hesitate at that 21 and a half, but at the same time, if I am, I still think that Utah covers it. So, uh, it's probably not one that I'm going to play, nor will I be watching because I'll be watching the Oregon uh, WSU game half an hour later. Um, but do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, I've got three notes on it. One yeah. with the spread of 21 and a half, the total is only at 38. Uh, so if you try to do a, so your classic uh, take the points in the under parlay is a correlated parlay. So you're not going to be allowed to do that. in right. any of Your respected books. Right. Uh, second note is this is in some ways a bit of a weird spot for Utah with going to, to Seattle next week. Yes. Yes. On deck. Yes. Um, and third note that I have after, is, after beating uh, Arizona state at home as well. Yeah. Third note I have is, uh, the bear has put Cal into his column this week. So oh, okay. he is taking the 21 and a half, but okay. It's definitely a hold your nose play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really comes down to, uh, it, it's, I love, I love the fact that it with, if, if you're thinking of Cal, I love the fact that, um, 
it's a look ahead for Utah. Uh, and that, uh, you know, God, this, uh, how many points can Cal realistically score? Right. I mean, that, that's where it comes down to. And the new quarterback can't be worse than monster. Um, but yeah, can he score? And, uh, and, and really the flip side is, is, they have to be able to score and minimize turnovers because if they give easy points to, um, to Utah, uh, it, it, it could get ugly. Um, any other, any other action out there that you, you've got your eye on nationwide? Uh, well, I put one play in. So I mentioned the Washington state, the yeah. other play that I did put in, the other play I put in was, um, I'm taking the Duke Blue Devils, catching three and a half at North Carolina this week. Um, I know that uh, I know that Duke had a rough showing against Virginia last week, um, but I do like David Cutcliffe. Uh, yeah. Cutcliffe, I like like him as a dog. I also am kind of playing on UNC coming off a six overtime game against Virginia Tech the week prior, and um, you know, like I'm catching some free points. Yeah. Probably should be closer to a pick. A couple other things that are least in consideration. You always ask me about the bear in Stanford. Steve, if there's any picks they have agreement on, so they do have one pick this week that they are both put in the column, and that is taking TCU at home against the Longhorns, who are – it's well documented. They are decimated yes. uh, with injury. Um, that line is uh, what's open. One and a half, right? Well, and it opened. It, so it actually opened TCU minus two. Um, it's there's been a wave. There's been a ton of money on Texas that's come in, pushed it through the zero. Now Texas is a small favorite. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that you could potentially, you know, if, if you want to bet TCU, I think. If you wait up until almost kickoff, it might touch three. Yep. Um, so if you want to go that route, uh, that would be one thing to consider. And then, uh, you know, one of the national games that's getting a lot of attention in the betting market has been has been uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Yeah. That line actually opened Michigan minus four, which all we've seen is Notre Dame minus Notre Dame money. In. Yeah come in, push that thing over to where Notre Dame, I think, is a one-point favorite. Wow. Probably probably gets to two. Which, then um, at that point, you have a top 20 home team uh, that is an underdog, which typically uh, bodes well for the home team. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you want to back Jim Harbaugh. Which I, mean, I don't. <laughs> which I don't, but I'm just... That's yeah. what it... Yeah. You know, I mean, I... I to make a case for them, they were down twenty-one nothing early in that Penn State game, yeah. and actually showed some resolve. Yep. I had a chance to tie the game late, so you know there's there's that. But I mean, do you trust Harbaugh? Um, you know, and the I, the you know the interesting thing too is you know they're the home team here. I mean, they, right. or I'm sorry, they're they're at they're at sorry they're at South Bend. No, it's uh, no, right? they're home. Or, it's in Ann Arbor. It's okay. I thought yeah, it's in Ann Arbor. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, I think for me, it's probably a stay away, at least yeah. before kick. 
I mean, when you get these games that are so heavily bet on one side, um, I just I think you always have to tread a little bit lightly. Because right. um, obviously, if, if you're jumping in, you know, for example, if you're jumping in on Texas or Notre Dame at this point, you've missed out on any value. Oh, absolutely. You've missed, yeah. you've missed, you've missed the number. You're riding the end of the steam train. Right. And, you know, that a lot of times doesn't work because um, those games typically fall close to a number and it's, it's back closer to the original opening right. number than all those steam, steam chasers are left um, with their wallets a little bit lighter. So, you know, there's, there's that, um, you know, but I, outside of those, um, there's a few others that are just, I'm kind of looking at, but I haven't made any plays, but for now, I'm, like I said, I'm locked in, locked in with Duke, locked in with Washington state yep. and, uh, you know, and I, I put in, you know, I left myself some wiggle room on the Cougs if, uh, if a better number does Shows present itself. itself. Yeah. Like, and specifically if, if a hook gets attached to 14, right. I just yeah. don't know. I was really guarding against it going the other way is, is why right. I right. Uh, threw it in. Yeah. Which, which my you know, guess, so, my guess is. No, yeah. I got a phone call and I didn't want to um, kill the podcast. Um, all right. Any other, uh, any other final notes before we, we sign off? What do you, what, what do you got loaded up? Um, I do have, I also have WSU, WSU loaded up. Um, unfortunately this PAC 12 slate, cause that's really what I've been hitting here lately. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be watching that USC Colorado game live. And and if I see what I am expecting to see, I'm probably going to hit it hard on the USC side. Um, If it looks like the USC comes out flat, then I'm probably just going to stay away from it because it might be one of those weird Friday Pac-12 games. Um, I like that TCU-Texas game a lot. Um, There's a couple weird situations when you go through the top 25. Uh, Penn State at Michigan State only getting – six and a half or, or only ha- uh, the score the spread right now is Penn State minus six and a half uh, against a Michigan yep. State team that just struggles to score obviously it's going to be a big huge huge game uh, huge home game for Sparty I just don't think I think Penn State is a full class above Michigan State uh, so I don't understand that spread so I need to look at that a little bit more uh, and then another one, it's just like a big, big national game is you've got Auburn at LSU and LSU uh, being minus 11. I, I think I think LSU is a really, really good football team, but LSU is about to hit a hell of a stretch where we're going to find out how good that football team is. Uh, and this and this game against Auburn is going to be the first first of that stretch. I L, Well, yeah, I going back to that Michigan State game. Um, it's, it's a weird spot. Uh, Michigan state's coming off a yep. lie. They've actually defeated Penn state the last two years, both as double digit underdogs. Um, so you have Penn state coming off, you know, that big, you know, hosting game day right. and, and, uh, you know, beating Michigan at home going on the road to Sparty weird spot. It's hard to trust Michigan state with the, with what they've shown yeah. on offense. Um, so I, I, I can kind of see what, I see the I, I see the the angle there, you know, and you know from an LSU Auburn perspective, I mean, 11's a lot of points. I mean, 
The problem I have right now is like there's two teams that I don't want to be in front of that train right now. And one of them is LSU. The other is Ohio right. State, who is now hosting, you know, Wisconsin this week, you know, giving more than two touchdowns. And yet, based on what you saw from the Wisconsin defense last week against Illinois, I mean, you can see that thing just getting out of hand. I mean, I don't – there's – none of the games Ohio State's played this year have really gone past the second right. quarter. So, I mean, you, you you do – I mean, had they – had Wisconsin <clears throat> walked in undefeated, I, I had seen that the line would have been like 12, so there hasn't been a huge yeah. adjustment. But I probably would have been all over Wisconsin as a result yeah. and may have regretted yeah. that. Um, so I, I might have gotten a little bit of, uh, of, of a little bit of you know lucky a uh, little bit of a lucky bounce the week prior to kind of maybe see what the Wisconsin team you know just see some of their warts. Stop so the run and make them one dimensional, and uh, and it's a completely different offense. Yeah, and I know that uh, at least in a couple books in Vegas, they now have Ohio State power rated as the number one team in the country. So they they're they're. Yeah. They're so complete. Mm-hmm. They are just on both sides of the ball. Um, I had them in a first half bet last week against Northwestern. Yeah, figuring mm-hmm. they would kind of shut her down in the second half. Um, and that was and, and, and that just, was such a such a prime letdown game because they haven't had one yet. And it was a prime letdown game before the big Wisconsin game. And of course, at that time it was a Friday game, so you didn't or a Thursday game, so you didn't know that uh, that Wisconsin was going to actually lose to Illinois. Um, but, uh, but Ohio state just absolutely destroyed Northwestern last week. Um, they're good. They're really good. Yeah, no, they, they really are. Uh, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, if they're really tested, um, when you kind of look at their yeah. schedule, uh, the rest of the year. Um, and then also I'm, I'm now I'm really, really curious to see what kind of what how things play out with the uh, injury to Tua and Alabama yeah. with the LSU game coming yeah. close and you know so if if Tua is not healthy like what's what's that spread I mean it's 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 you know, in Tuscaloosa think, uh, uh, but you've got to think it, it if Tua isn't healthy, and obviously you're going to find out what they have, who is who is their backup? Um, they're gonna, you're going to find out who their backup is and, and how good he is. But uh, well, you, you he played quite a bit against Tennessee, and that was Tennessee was a goal line fumble away from being down four right. in the second half yeah. of that game. Um, I know that uh, I, it's, it's Max something. He's a white kid. <laughs> I know that his backup is Tua's little brother, yeah. um, but. Uh, you know, however you want to look at Alabama, I mean, whatever they, how severe that high ankle sprain is, you know, they have Arkansas, which, you know, you or I could play quarterback this week and it wouldn't matter. Um, and then they're, they're fortunate to have a bye. Oh, you mean um, like they you know, do every year that's... before the LSU game? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, so they're going to have basically three weeks to get him yeah. back. I mean, I would expect him to play. I don't know how healthy he'll be. But I, I just think, I mean, if he doesn't play, I don't see how you can make Alabama the favorite. I mean, I think if that were right. to happen, there'd be a lot of money on LSU. Which, um, which is, which is but, then what would be crazy would be is that how many times, uh, how, how many times in the 
in the history would you have the number one team in the country being underdog at home? Because <laughs> that's what it would be. Theoretically, I mean, we'd get the poll out, you know, a couple of days before. Right. And... Because <clears throat> I, I don't I mean, know. Alabama's won right now. They're gonna. I'm, I'm assuming they're they're at, they're at home against Arkansas. I'm assuming that they should be able to win that game at least by 28 points, right? I don't know if they'll cover the spread or not. But and then they have a bye. So more than likely, how the polls work, I, I would be surprised if they get jumped, even though Ohio State should jump them. Well, there hasn't been a but there hasn't been a college football poll yet. So well, but but if you're talking about AP yeah, or coaches, right, right, which is which is what we have right I mean, now. The only poll that matters is is the committee poll. But but I out. get that. But but you know. back in you know when, there's there's always you know the the history of having you know top ten home dogs and top you know top twenty home dogs and things like that. But I don't think we've ever had a number one team be a home dog. That's just it's just kind of a crazy crazy thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a conspiracy, like the conspiracy theory, me, theory in me says that if two is not 100% and Alabama doesn't trot them out there and then they lose, but say they're competitive yep. and they manage to win out yep. and finish, you know, 11 and one, but they miss the SEC championship, that that would actually favor yeah. them, with, you know, with the committee because they can point to, well, they didn't have a healthy yep. quarterback yep. and yada, yep. yada, yada. I mean, versus trotting him out there, say he's ready to go, and maybe he's not, you know, they lose that game, um, you know, it takes some steam out of their out of their case. And, you know, uh, it'd be, be kind of crazy to think about a college football playoff in today's age without, you know, the Crimson right. Tide uh, participating in it. But, Even you know, be and if, that's, if that actually football. happens, I will – Whoever they play in a bowl game, I will go take out a second mortgage and lay, <laughs> you know, take whatever yeah. points they're going to give me. Especially if it's – about unmotivated Alabama yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, no shit. No shit. All right. Well, good luck, folks. Stay horny, and we will uh, talk to you on Monday. Boom. Thank you for listening to the HFV Podcast, your source for West Coast athletics. Follow us on Twitter at HFV Sports and look for podcasts each week on Monday and Thursday.